0: Two,
1: three. Ah! Welcome to the smartest Amazon seller podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller. Uh, in, my, in the lifetime, uh, the company Buy Boxer, which I run, we've done a few hundred million in Amazon sales. And the truth is, is, I still feel like I need to get better at this game. And so I continue to bring experts to help me understand what it is this Amazon game. And I've got a very unique guest today. Um, I've got Greg from Empire Flippers, which is, the, is a, a marketplace for uh, just doing that, flipping empires, for flipping Amazon businesses, selling them. They, they help with that entire process. And um, it's super interesting. I've got a lot of great questions lined up. Uh, so Greg, welcome.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me on here, Scott. appreciate it. Hopefully uh, I can add some value to the listeners.
1: Oh, I'm sure we, uh, I'm sure you can. Cause I, it took me like two minutes and I had uh, 10 questions for you. And <laughs> um, there's a lot of conversation around this, but, um, and, and, and sellers, you know, are definitely engaged in the subject right now more than ever. Um, and you guys have had one of your best years. And so what, actually, what, why have you guys had such a great year?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't something we expected with everything going on in the world. You know, uh, the first quarter of this year was actually really rough when uh, the pandemic started hitting everything, especially with uh, non-essentials, all, all that kind of stuff, right? So Q1 was actually quite terrible. But uh, well, so the reason why that was is there's still people selling businesses like, people still wanted to sell. The problem was on the buy side. No one wanted to uh, deploy capital in such an uncertain market. Right. Cause right. like investors can play no matter what the market conditions are, as long as the market conditions are somewhat stable. Right. And at that time, no one knew what was happening. So no one was buying, but uh, fast forward to Q2, there's tons of dry Tinder, which is uh, like a PE capital term, right. Uh, for them to deploy. And they just came roaring back when it came to buying businesses and with everything moving to shopping online, like a great leap forward in that sense. So many e-commerce stores just start booming and sell. So multiples went way up. Buyers have all this capital now to buy, uh, trying to catch up for the loss of Q1. And yeah, that's just continued through Q4 actually. Uh, yeah, we're even with Q1 accounted for, this is going to be our best year ever. Right.
1: And um, there was some news recently how, you know, over a billion dollars has been, uh, put out there from institutions to buy up Amazon businesses. And I mean, that's obviously uh, a lot and kind of popping uh, this space. But, um, and then we, we can say like the names of all these institutional investors, these brand aggregators, such as Thrazio, Boosted Commerce, and uh, there's, a, there's a handful of others.
0: Um, yeah, this new ones popping up all the time. Too. Like right? that, that billion dollar metric you mentioned is actually so much more because if you look just at our marketplace, for instance, uh-huh. we we now get, uh, we, we have our buyers verify their funds and we have over $1.3 billion just on our marketplace that uh-huh. our buyers have shown us that like, hey, yes, I have the money to buy this business. So, and they're not showing us all of their net worth, right? No, like, no, of course. So it, it's actually probably much bigger. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's some of them stay in stealth mode.
0: Um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah.
1: So, um, with all of this, someone mentioned this, that like all the good deals are getting swallowed up, um, that because there's so much money that maybe like, you know, uh, someone wants to sell their business and like, say they have a really good business, they're going to sell really quickly. It may come that there's just not enough businesses. Is that, uh, uh something that people talk about or are concerned about? Uh, it's
0: somewhat. So there is some truth that it's become harder if you're not one of these institutional buyers, like someone's raised a bunch of money, like a, a Thrasio or a Perch, right? Uh, but most buyers are also not buying one to $5 million business. Like we just sold a $12 million Amazon FBA business. And that was basically to an institutional buyer. But there are so many opportunities in the sub 500k range that you know, a lot of these institutional buyers don't even look at. So if you're mm-hmm. uh, coming at it from an investor side, say you have like 50, 300 grand, a lot of the businesses you're going to be competing for won't be the same that these institutional buyers right. are competing
1: for. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so has, has there been an, in? you mentioned this, but has there been any inflation on value of these businesses?
0: Yes. So, uh, part of it is market demand, uh, market demand for FBA acquisitions have gone dramatically up. Like,
1: uh,
0: I remember we were the first brokers to actually start selling FBA businesses. if I, if I remember correctly, I I remember one customer came to us like, why should I sell my FBA with you over Flippa? And Flippa had this little like thing that's an Amazon FBA coming soon. (laughs) You know, we, we were like one of the first movers in this, but, uh, The 2020, like I have seen the multiples just go dramatically up because of the demand, but also again, because of that, that leap in terms of everyone shopping online now, making these businesses much, much more valuable uh, as they capture all this new market share that's entering the place. So,
1: Well, that's, I mean, I hope that at least some of that inflation stays. I mean, I'm in the Amazon space and, you know, having acquired a business like we, (laughs) hopefully that uh, some of these gains are around because- I personally think that Amazon FBA is a scalable business. Like it's just so easy to like well going from 0 to a million is not I mean, it is never like super easy. Um, Amazon FBA makes 1 to 2 million so much easier. You know it's just like
0: 100%. And yeah.
1: and that is what uh, I think the world is starting to understand. Now uh, sometimes like so on Empire Flippers you actually you put the valuation in months, sorry, the, uh, you know, the, the multiple in months and, you know, you'll see something that's like at a 42 month multiple or something that's a like 45, like, you know, kind of close to, to each other. Is it arbitrary? What, what changes something from say 42 months, which is almost four years uh, to just a few months higher. Like what, what makes the difference between that? Like I, um, is there, is it a story? Is it what, what goes into that?
0: That is a very good question with a very complicated answer. <laughs> All
1: right,
0: Here we are. Uh, right, uh, valuations are always murky, right? Because everything is so individually based, right? Um, so in the case of like the common levers that increases your valuation in terms of your multiple, the biggest one is net profit, both from just times against the multiple, but also the nature of making more average net profit. It tends to increase your multiple just by the very nature of you making more money. Another thing that tends to increase a multiple is say say you had a business priced at a forty three x and another one priced at a thirty nine x and they're making the same amount of money. Well, the forty three x one might have things like more products, like more SKUs, and no one SKU is making up like the lion's share of what it's earning, right? So it's more balanced versus the other one. As it's more risk because it's all on this one product. And if that product is a fad or if the trend goes down, right. then that business has nothing else relying right. on it. So there's factors like that, external factors like are you sending traffic from other places? Do you have brands? So yeah, I could go pretty deep into this, but yeah, there's a lot of different factors that go into it.
1: I guess there is a person <laughs> deciding the multiple, you know, it's not all just like formulaic. Oh. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> yes, no.
1: Everything you said is right. But like, um, you know, uh, Amazon sellers, we're just like, we're actually kind of numbers driven, you know? Um, you know, uh, especially like, you know, when we're dealing with profitability and like, you know, <laughs> fee, fee, you know yeah. we we just think through numbers and that the idea that like this business, like there is like a story component, like, um, and it's not just like a quote unquote formula.
0: Yeah, that's right. So the, it is a balance of like brand and, and that formula in terms of who is doing that. Like we have an entire vetting team. Okay. So you
1: guys, you guys do, you guys actually set some of these multiples yourselves.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. So we look um, at actual sales data and all that kind of stuff to help.
1: That makes you guys more of a true broker that you're not just like a listing site. You're not just like, Hey, list your business, you know, uh, and then you guys take care of yourselves. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're not. Uh, if you're looking for a DIY, we're not your platform. We're we're a full fledged M and A broker, right? Yeah. So we handle um, everything.
1: Be, before the interview, um, Greg told me that you know you guys turn away eighty percent of the businesses that try and sell. Yeah, eighty
0: eight percent.
1: Oh wow! And as further, it says like you guys aren't just a listing thing. Like you're a broker and you're vetting these uh, companies, making sure that what is there is actually a quality business.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, a lot of that rejection, like some of it, it's definitely like people trying to get you like scammy businesses, shady businesses, and those are just rejected out of hand. Most businesses are not rejected because of that though. Like you're probably familiar with us being an FBA seller. A lot of FBA sellers are not the best people to build their PNLs. So one of the things we do, especially in the FBA space is we will build your pnl from scratch like you could give us your pnl but we're like don't worry we're going to build a new one anyways because usually they're wrong so <laughs> we, we rebuild it and that sometimes leads to that seller to realizing like oh wait i'm not making nearly as much money as i thought i was like now that i see that see this PNL in this light and so they will they might still list with us. They're like It could still be a quality business or they might just say, hey, I'm going to come back in like three, four months now that you've like kind of opened my eyes to this process and make some fixes and they'll come back at a higher valuation. So it's not always nefarious and it's not always because the business is low quality, yeah. but those are big reasons why we do reject.
1: And that is kind of a distinguishing factor of you guys. The fact that like you really do, you know, dive in deep before you list these companies. Um, I'll actually be honest that so my audience knows that I recently bought a private label business and we're now, you know, running it and uh, getting better at that. But that before I was actually very intrigued by, you know, this process and I started using empire flippers. Uh, It's just fun to browse. I'll tell you that, (laughs) you know, uh,
0: window shopping, all these. And then even went as far
1: as like proving funds to be able to like, you know, Uh, I guess if you're able to prove funds as a buyer, you can get a little bit more uh, background because, you know, sometimes these sellers only want to be talking to uh, uh, real potential buyers.
0: Oh yeah. hundred percent.
1: And to, yeah, to not take their time and also not to devalue like what uh, they're doing. And empire flippers was easily, uh, you know, one of my favorite places to go uh, the way that it was organized and, uh the the types of businesses that were there and um it's not just private label amazon businesses there are others uh can you talk a little bit about like what other types of like uh businesses that you guys are selling
0: yeah sure so pretty much any online business you can think of, uh, it, we could most likely sell it. So, but the three big ones are content sites. So that'd be like your affiliate site or AdSense site, that kind of site. And then there's uh, e-commerce. And within that, you have your traditional e-commerce store uh, sourcing everything. Maybe you have a Shopify or Magento store, uh, but that also includes drop shipping and of course, Amazon FBA. And then there's SaaS. So software as a service. So that's the big three. Uh, and that. then- and then there is the more weird esoteric ones. So like, uh, we've sold, uh, for, for instance, people who have information products, information courses, usually not in the marketing space, because usually that's too personality branded, but we've sold, uh, info courses to help you get like, uh, info course businesses, like how to get a certain certificate as an architect or engineer. Uh, we've sold some even stranger ones like, uh, KDP publishing businesses. So basically it's a, a writer or a entrepreneur who hires all these ghost writers to create uh, books, it, sometimes fiction, sometimes so nonfiction and their own like publishing house. I you know
1: solve. exactly the business you're talking about right now. Cause my cousin bought that one.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. I, I'm actually a writer myself. I, I enjoy writing books. Yeah. So I do it for fun. So I think it's a cool, yeah, it's a very yeah. interesting business model to me. Oh,
1: uh, it no, it's me. The, I, it's the, yeah, it's, i um, moving uh, the books from KDP over to uh, iTunes or to like to Apple's book publishing. And this is like cross publishing thing. It's awesome. What uh, they I've do. heard
0: iTunes is really growing in the market share for books. Uh, yeah. I have a few indie author friends who are saying that's becoming bigger than Amazon for them yep. now.
1: Now what about uh, like say wholesale businesses? Uh, there's some Amazon sellers that that's, they're, they're pretty good at it and they're very profitable, but maybe they, are ready to like leave and they don't have any family that they can hand it over to or a best friend <laughs> yeah, that like is yeah. competent enough.
0: Yeah. So wholesale businesses, they, you can sell them. They're just more difficult to sell because of all the reasons you're probably thinking of, <laughs> like it's just less defensible than like your tradition, more traditional Amazon FBA business with your own brand and patents and trademarks. It's just less defensible moat. Now, if it's a high quality operation and you have good teams, SOPs and all that kind of stuff, it's very possible to still sell. Just realize that it is more of a unique kind of business in that sense. We're expected to take longer because it's just going to be a very certain kind of buyer that will want that. So you're probably not going to get the fastest sell. And if you come to us, there's a good chance we're going to reject the business anyways, because it is difficult to sell them. But that doesn't mean they're not sellable. You can still find people who would buy them.
1: I had a guy that actually approached me once wanting to, to sell his business and into- what interested me is he had like exclusive agreements, you know, they, they it wasn't his brand, but like you had several of them. And so I was like, okay, like this is a uh, worth while. As long as these agreements can like last a few years, like then the business will pay for itself.
0: So that is a great example of what I mean uh, so this drop shipping has a similar issue here uh, like a drop shipping store but if you have exclusivity uh, with your with their vendors like that is some inherent value that gives you a little bit of that mode right so that, right. that that's that would be one of the things I would look for if you were going to uh, sell a wholesale business
1: yes so let's say you've amassed 50k of capital you know say someone listening they have only they have fifty thousand dollars in their bank account and they know Amazon fairly well and are confident in, in their ability to execute, mainly because they're listening to this podcast. They're just really smart Amazon operators. Um, what type of business could they reach for?
0: Are they limited to FBA?
1: Um, sure. Just for uh, okay. the, the this hypothetical. <laughs> I,
0: I, had a, I had a trick answer if uh, if they weren't. <laughs> All right. But 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 it could evolve into an FBA very easily. Maybe I will still tell you very but. Uh, If you only have 50K, you're in a tight spot when it comes to buying an FBA business just because values have gone up. So, like, you're like, let's say you leave 10K left over as working capital. So, you're really looking at buying a business that's making like four or that's worth around 40K. So, that business probably be making like 1200 bucks a month.
1: With 50K, could they not get some financing?
0: So, that is possible, but it would still be very difficult at that range. And the reason why is because if you're buying in a sub $100,000 range, there are so many cashed up buyers that if you try to get the seller to give you an earnout, and there's really not a lot of other traditional financing out there uh, for our space, especially in the sub like million dollar range, you are most likely going to lose the deal to someone who has the cash. Now, if you had approached someone privately and you're not using a marketplace like us, it is still possible to get that deal done. But if you use a marketplace like us, Like we just have too many buyers are most likely going to take the deal. Well, what if you
1: took that 50K and you got financing lined up, uh, you know, uh, outside of, you know, like seller financing uh, and you could you presumably like, you know, get a loan for 250,000 with the intent of buying a business, say, such as an SBA loan?
0: You could. Uh, SBA loans are notoriously difficult, <laughs> but yes, it is definitely a possibility. What's the uh, hardest
1: part th- about an SBA loan?
0: <laughs> uh, taxes. <laughs> so the, the like one, you have to make sure the seller is also American because it only works if both parties are Americans. Uh-huh. And we have quite the international audience, at least on the seller side. Uh- uh, so you got to have that. But the other problem is sometimes... Uh, the entrepreneur doesn't report the right tax, the right stuff for their taxes because they want to show like operating at a loss or some weird tax thing. So they don't don't actually line up with the earnings. So you'll get to the, like the final stages of the SBA and it will just fall apart because the tax Uh, returns don't line up with the actual earnings. So the SBA is like, well, what is this? Right. (laughs) So uh, it's not, that doesn't always happen by the way, Uh, especially when you get into bigger businesses, like, uh, but again, this would go outside of the 50 K hypothetical. Right. Uh, What I would do if I only have 50 K, uh, I would try to uh, get, I would probably go off of our marketplace, which this is terrible of you saying because I'm the director of no, marketing. No, 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 now, we, now we're
1: believing it. you. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. But uh, I'm not as overly self promotion I just want people uh, to get good value. Right? The, again, the reason why I would go off is because I know I would be destroyed by the other buyers who have all the cash. So I wouldn't be able to make as, as good of a deal for my budget. I would find a small FBA business that I would hopefully only spend 30 to 40K on and again, that if I'm paying reasonable multiples for what they're selling at right now, that would be making around twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars a month, and then I could use that uh, leftover ten thousand dollars as my working capital to hopefully either uh, scale what's already there or to create the you know the product variations of items that are already successfully selling on the on the uh, store. So that's what I would look for, and ideally more than one product. Uh, I,
1: and you can but, uh, find deals. You, you you definitely can find deals off of uh yeah. these listing sites or these brokers. There, there there's there are people selling all kinds of uh, you know, Amazon businesses, even very small. I know a college kid started his own private label business and he sold it for like, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. And so Oh yeah. There's
0: a ton of them out there. Uh, for sure. Uh, it's very competitive. And and it's nice to
1: like use the work of someone else, (laughs) you know, like, Oh yeah. There, there is value. Yeah. It costs money, but, um, you know, if you're able to just, just sustain that business, it's going to pay for itself. And since, uh, Honestly, if you are listening to this podcast, you probably are smarter than your average Amazon seller. (laughs) It's it's the nature of continuing to learn, you know. And those that uh, there's so many people that are on Amazon that really don't uh, know the potential of their business or all the levers that they can pull. And so, um, I I think there's plenty of opportunity uh, here.
0: I, I agree. I, it's funny, man. I have a lot of conversations with new sellers all the time who just found out that you can sell their business because uh-huh. a lot of FBA entrepreneurs, they started probably like that, that kid you just mentioned as kind of a side hustle and it grows into this bigger thing. And they never realize, like, oh, wait, there's people who will buy this. Yeah. But when they find out, they're like, why would anyone buy this? Why wouldn't they just go build it themselves? like why this guy must be stupid, right? Like spending all this money for building, buying something I built from scratch, right? But the thing is like on the buy side of the equation, they're okay with paying you because they don't want to spend that six or 30 months that it took you to build up to that level. They want something that's already ready to scale, right? Uh, So they get to skip that whole startup phase. And I always say like as a buyer, you get to tweak all the data, like listing optimizations, all that kind of stuff. If you did that from a business that's just starting out, your results are always gonna be zero because you have no traction yet, right? You don't know if the product's gonna sell yet versus the buyer knows uh, that you have a product market fit.
1: I hear you. Um, just in a, as an example, um, so the business that we acquired, um, we have you know 60 products and it's Christmas right now. And I was able to put in some pricing systems that uh, are a little bit more dynamic and if a product isn't selling, you know, we lower our price to like start to c- capture some of that share. Um, if, a pri- if a product is going to run out, we actually raise the price, you know, incrementally. If it, we, and with that, we're easily able to capture more volume and more profit in the same. And it's just because I know how to do that. <laughs> and, you know, we bring a lot of knowledge and, and I don't have to, to, to build the systems that he did. So I don't know. I could, I could go on. Um, what's fun about you know inheriting someone else's problems is you have different solutions.
0: <laughs> and that's hundred percent right, man. Uh, when you become a uh, you know even intermediate level in Amazon FBA or really any of the business models, most not, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of sellers are not even at intermediate. They're really still at the beginner phase, like oh, this is working. I have no idea why it's working. This is great. I'm going to sell it before it stops working.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, Let's see. So what kind of due diligence uh, do you guys help out with? So it sounds like you guys do, um, you know, you do build their P&L. You know, you kind of are a third-party validation. One of the questions I, I, I had here, but I think you've kind of already answered it, is like, what's a great way to get a different set of eyeballs on things and actually you guys are that. You guys just, when, you, when someone contacts you, you, uh, you do some of that due diligence.
0: Uh, yeah, so I mean, from the sell side, we are you know, looking through their whole business, right? Because we only want to present offers to our buyer network that they're going to like. And one of the reasons why we're able to only have like a two month exclusivity if we do decide to sell with us is because we usually present our buyers th- with things they love because, again, we reject most of the businesses. So <laughs> buyers are just predisposed to expect higher quality with us. Or well, at least that's the hope, right? And it seems yeah, to be working. No, absolutely. Um, in, in terms of the buy side of helping a buyer with their due diligence. So if a buyer comes to us and they sign up or like a, a free empire flippers account you don't even need to verify funds or id or anything like that you can sign up for that account like we have all these advanced filters and tools and stuff like that within the platform that makes like what used to probably take you a few hours maybe even a few days to search through a bunch of different listings uh take you just a few minutes and then mm-hmm. we create the listing summary that has all of the like pertinent information, not super intimate details yet, but all the pertinent information that helps you go to your next series. And if you have no idea what I just what I mean by series, like we always uh, advise our buyers to have several different checklists for due diligence. And the goal is to disqualify a business as quickly as possible. So your first set should disqualify like 80% of the targets, right? And within minutes, ideally. And then your second due diligence checklist might take you an hour on those like Six or seven listings you found. And then the third would be going deeper like, let's unlock this business, verify my uh, proof, have proof of funds that I can buy it so I can check out the more intimate details of this business and maybe even talk to the seller at that point. But uh, we do help buyers with that due diligence, if, especially if they're brand new, of how to create that, because uh, it is kind of uh, a thing a lot of buyers don't think about. So we do offer things like criteria discovery calls and stuff like that to coach people through it.
1: Yeah well uh you have me convinced i'm uh definitely gonna start browsing uh empire (laughs) let's go buy a business right now scott (laughs) yeah yeah i'm I'm out of the market for a little while at least a few months um but i still have it's 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 fun honestly it's it's super
0: fun yeah man Um, i uh it's amazing to see what we can do both on the buy and sell side, like on the sell side, I was, I was just looking at this the other day and if they only made money by selling their business with us, we've created like 34 millionaires at this point uh, from like the instant that they sold their business with us. And then there's all these uh, buyers that were initially our sellers, right? They like got, they sold a business for say like 250, 350 K, and then they come in and start buying businesses that are, you know, lower than that, and they start doing what you just mentioned, like the yep. pricing systems, the optimization. Yep. Then they come back and sell it with us. Uh, that's where we yeah. get the second half of our name. Actually, is like huh. flipping the businesses back yeah. with us.
1: Yeah. No. So it's cool to watch. I, I I'm not against uh, selling the business that we just bought because I think we can certainly add value. Um, what? So what's the future of Empire Flippers?
0: yeah uh so i'm the uh the, the dreamer of the team When i whenever i could ask this question because uh i think what we are trying to do like I, I have competitors of today like other brokers or marketplaces but what i view as my real competitor is the idea of investing in real estate or the idea of investing in the stock market like i want to bring digital assets to that more mainstream uh, into that nomenclature, like the choose FI crowd or just your mainstream investor, like open up this idea of investing in digital assets. So the future of empire flippers is going much, much more mainstream in a bigger and bigger way every, every year uh, until I achieve that goal, basically.
1: um, I think the real estate comparison is actually really good because Amazon is real estate. Yeah. They say that they have infinite products, but well, if you're searching, uh, certain terms, like, no, there's only a page one.
0: And, <laughs> yeah, that uh, like, this is kind of similar.
1: <laughs> you're, you're either on page one or you're not. And yeah. you're on page one, you're, you, that business, like that's property, that's valuable. that Someone could like improve or just r- uh, rent out for a while, you know? Um, and turns out these businesses compared to real estate are like about one-tenth of the price.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, the, the cap rate, if you compare like real estate cap rate to online businesses, it's utterly insane. Like Obviously, <laughs> online business is way more volatile, right? So oh, right, I never, right. don't want people to like listen to this thing like, oh, this is a surefire thing. Like you could lose all of your money. Yeah. <laughs> right?
1: That's why but, I'd only recommend it to people that know, you know, the like, the, exactly, the, they yeah. have some level of sophistication. They know like the levers that they actually can't pull, you know? And they also know some of the risks, like, so, I mean, I don't tell it to any, everyone, but, but it is easy to like defend and be like, well, if we just maintain profitability for three years, the business pays for itself. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, before you know it, three years are going to happen and, and we'll look back and, and I'm hoping to say like, Hey, we got a free business. This is awesome.
0: <laughs> you know, it's you know funny, Scott, uh, when I first came on with EF, I was in the Philippines. I met one of our buyers. this is when we were selling much smaller sites, like six seven thousand dollar websites uh we, we've obviously grown a lot since then uh but i was talking to this guy he's like oh i absolutely love you guys like oh great you know i was still new to the company like "Oh, great! Okay, we kind of this awesome customer loves us and he's like all the websites went down like everything went down like oh why why do you hate us <laughs> like why are you so like thrilled to talk to us and he's like uh, you know, he's not an internet marketer. He was a investor, he's a day trader, real estate investor. And he's like, yeah, they all went down, but in terms of my cash on cash return, in terms of like how much they're earning, they're actually still outpacing all of my other investments. So like us as internet marketers, we see something drop by say like, 20 or 30% is like hair on fire. Like, Oh my God. But then we have this investor with like millions and all these other investments. He's like, this is great. Like it only fell by 20%. percent i still making this crazy cash on cash return. And it even went with that business uh, falling, like he made all his money back and more.
1: <laughs> right. That's interesting. So um, most of the people listening to this podcast are sellers themselves. And uh, Greg told me that on their site, they have a free valuation tool and you know, you can uh, poke things around and, and see see what your business is valued at. So
0: yeah, uh, it takes about five minutes. So you don't have to talk to anyone, and it huh. uses uh, real sales data. So
1: awesome! I, I I really I honestly like before even talking to Greg, I liked Empire Flippers, like the the interface and uh pretty pretty interesting thing that they're creating, and like like you said, like this can kind of go mainstream and and leave leave some of these this niche is that it's, uh, it's in you guys, you should check out <clears throat> Empireflippers.com and, uh, have fun even just browsing or, uh, valuing, you know, evaluating your own business. And, um, Greg, thank you so much for coming and sharing some of your experience and thoughts and, and, uh, I mean, what a, what a crazy year. And uh, yeah. I mean, next year is also going to be part of this year's story. Like it, it, right. it is, it is not done.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, if any of your listeners want to connect with me personally, they can also just email me, Greg at empire flippers.com. I, I tried to be pretty reachable. So yeah. oh, of course, Christmas is coming up, so I won't be too reachable in the next <laughs>
1: No yourself. worries, no worries. <laughs> yeah. But I'm at, th- this podcast will probably go live right after Christmas.
0: Oh, good. I've already dated <laughs> this. Good. You're welcome. <laughs> Evergreen <right>. content.
1: <laughs> well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, stay tuned to uh, future episodes. Got a lot of the great stuff coming and uh, make sure you subscribe and share this with other Amazon sellers, specifically those that are ready to sell. All right. So that's it. Take care and have a good one.
0: One, two, three.